Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today we are going to discuss the menstrual cycle and how to know which dosha is being affected um, during your menstrual cycle. So this is a great topic to kind of dive into, um, and we're going to keep it. There's many different ways you can take um, the menstrual cycle with Ayurveda and the doshas, but we're going to talk in particular today about the bleeding phase of your cycle. So how to know which dosha is um, being affected during your menstrual cycle and how to kind of combat that. So often what kind of happens during, um, during the phase when we're bleeding, I always say it's kind of a report card on how your last month went. So for example, maybe you had an uptick of um, more cramps than usual, or maybe you started to get a headache and that's not normal, or maybe you had like um, bloating or breast tenderness, all of these little things that maybe don't always happen. Or maybe one month, all of a sudden you had no symptoms and you're like, whoa, how, where, why? Um, often I like to have people reflect, like what did the last 28 or 30 days, depending on how long your cycle are, um, how did that look? And then what did you do? Because often it's stuff that can really, it can be minor or can actually really affect, um, you know, those, those changes. So for myself, um, I had one month where I was just like, wow, it, my, my period just started out of nowhere. Um, you know, it was on the day it was supposed to come, but I didn't have any of the normal, um, like for me, like a breast tenderness sometimes can happen. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any, um, any issues with headaches or any kind of irritability with my moods. I mean, it was just like, boom, and it was there. And I kind of reflected and I'm like, well, what did I do this last month that really might've helped trigger it? And, um, for myself, I'm like, oh, I had a lot of raspberry leaf tea infusions and oat straw. Um, that was my go-to, um, basically every day for that, that previous month. And so it really did help, uh, myself drain my bleeding phase and it helped combat some of those symptoms. So that's going to be kind of what we're talking about today is just kind of noticing, oh, what could have been the trigger that helped me either prevent some of these symptoms. And again, symptoms are common, but they, they should not happen um, ideally. So ideally you are symptom-free during your bleeding phase. And I know that's not common for a lot of us, um, especially right now, this past year with stress being such a big, um, big issue that's really affected cycles and myself included. I've just, I've noticed that a lot more this past year and sleep, you know, the lack of sleep, just because I've, I, myself, as well as many of the people that I've worked with, um, the insomnia has just been, um, really brutal of like just getting up at 2am and having trouble falling, falling back asleep. Now I will say this, um, I've been off coffee now for almost a week and a half as I'm recording this. And, um, I actually have been able to sleep through the night, almost the whole entire week I made it. And so that to me was really eye-opening, um, where I was like, okay, I just really feel called to get off coffee. You know, it's something that I didn't drink until after I had my son. And then I've been drinking, you know, one to two cups every, every day for the last almost five years. And I really realized how much it was affecting my hormones when I started to sleep better, when I had that headache, when I was pulling myself off of the caffeine, um, just to know like, okay, this is something that my body actually does not respond well to. So for you, you might have something that's been like that little, that thorn in your side that you didn't even realize was that thorn that you might have to start peeling back some layers to kind of get to that root of like, okay, what could be actually causing this? Um, you know, it could be stress or it could be something like the caffeine that you're having. And I was always done drinking my coffee by 9am. So it's not like I was drinking it at two o'clock. It was done by nine, but it was still seemed to be, I guess it was affecting my sleep. And, you know, who knew that that's something that, um, 
you know, again, depending on where you look, it's just everywhere in society, everyone drinks coffee that, that you see on TV. And um, I'm especially noticed at this last week when I was watching um, different TV shows of like, oh, everyone just has a morning cup of coffee and it just, it gets normalized. And I think that's what happens to a lot of the times with PMS and with some of the symptoms that we have is it just gets normalized. We start to see it and we think, oh, that's just what everyone has to deal with. When in reality, that's not true. You know, not everyone, A, not everyone drinks coffee, B, not everyone has, um, you know, hormonal symptoms during their period. So let's dive into that. Let's look at what this might look like. So we're going to go through each of the three doshas. Now I will say this as you're going, as I'm going through these, just because you are a Vata dosha does not mean that you have a Vata cycle. You know, you might have a cycle that is, um, that is acting more like a Vata cycle, which would also mean you probably might have a slight Vata imbalance going on. Um, Cause a lot of the things that we do to treat the excess Vata during our period is also gonna be the things that you can do when you're not on your period to kind of help um, ease that, that Vata lifestyle. So what does the Vata flow look like? So it's actually a qualities are drier, darker blood, scantier flow, and it's got some clotting with it. So just kind of noticing that. And the clots are probably, you know, nickel size, dime size clots. Some other characteristics. So this would be not only, you know, what your bleed looks like, but just kind of you in general. You might have more nervousness energy during this time, um, pain that is mobile. So it's not just in one spot. It kind of feels like it's moving throughout the body or throughout the belly. Uh, erratic cramps, spacey feeling, uh, maybe a very light period, but often really dark in color, insomnia, constipation, bloating, low back pain, and the beginning or right before your period starts, you start to crave salty and savory foods. So that's kind of the characteristics of that Vata cycle. So how do we start to treat that? Well, some one of the best ways is the warm, wet grounding foods and practices in your daily routine. So what does that look like? Food-wise, soups, stews, bone broth, quinoa with black beans cooked in coconut milk. Um, in your daily routines, that can look like pranayama practice, walking meditation in nature, or drinking warm teas and water throughout your day. So those are ways to kind of help combat that um, spacey feeling or that kind of cool, breezy feeling um, by doing the opposite. So trying to ground yourself down. And then rest. Rest is best, especially those first few days of your cycle. If you do feel like moving or doing something light, it would be maybe a slow walk or restorative yoga poses. But in actuality, Vata really keeping it light and simple to trying to rest, to stop that busy energy that can be happening. And then Abhinyanga with sesame oil. So doing a self-massage with sesame oil. Placing five drops of nausea oil in each nostril, especially if you're prone to headaches. And that's actually going to be a tip for all three of the doshas. So if you're prone to headaches, um, maybe getting some nausea oil and trying that out. And I won't talk about how to do that on this podcast today, but um, you can go to YouTube and I'm sure and find a ton of videos on how to do nausea oil if you're interested in that. Uh, another one is eating sweet potatoes, squash, avocados, and salmon. So we're looking for that omega-3s. And then the Vata PMS herbs. So if you are prone to that Vata cycle, if what I just kind of read to you, you're like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Ashwagandha, Shatavri, turmeric, aloe vera, brahmi, nutmeg, and triphala. 
And then I have all of this on the um, show notes. I'll put in the link in the show notes, but just go to andreaclassen.com um, forward slash blog, and then click on this, this podcast episode. And you could see all of this. I wrote this all out in case you're like, well, it's too fast. I need to take some notes or you're driving. Um, it's all over there on the website. And now teas for the Vata PMS, peppermint, rose hips, dried orange peel, cinnamon, clove, cardamom, ginger, and then saffron and milk. So again, most of those are going to be um, some more warming teas to help kind of warm up the opposite of that cool vata dosha that can be happening. So that's kind of the vata cycle. That's how to kind of deal with the excess vata. So now let's go on to the pitta. So what does a pitta flow look like? It's typically heavy the first few days as the high heat, it brings kind of that fast and warm flow, and then it starts to taper off. So after those first few days where it might be more intense, and then it slowly starts to diminish. So characteristics, crankiness, pain that is sharp, irritability, criticism of self and others, anger, rage, acne, hot flashes, excess of bleeding, rash, inflammation, cravings for sweet and spicy foods. So again, all of those things are going to, those are all associated with that pitta dosha when out of balance. So really tapping into that, noticing, oh yeah, that's really affecting me during that pitta time. So how to, how to deal with that excess pitta? Cooling, sweet, and calming in terms of food and lifestyle. So what would that look like? Um, examples would be drinking cucumber water, um, having a green smoothie. So pittas can be the ones who can get away with having that cooler food because it's going to help um, kind of diminish some of that heat that might be going on in the body. And then whatever self-care practices look like for you, if you're a pitta dosha, or if you're feeling out of balance with your pitta, that is cooling. Um, even doing a cooling face mask. I actually did this the other day. I had a face mask that I just put on my face and it was nice and cooling. It just felt really good and calming that pitta dosha and then swimming. So this might not be the most fun thing to do if you're, if you're bleeding, but if you do like to swim or just like sink down into like a lake or, um, a river, wherever you have access to a body of water, maybe not like a really hot bath. Um, if you're, if you have excess pitta, because what's going to happen is that's going to further inflame the body and, you know, bring up that heat. So, you know, maybe something, a dip in a cool lake, something really quick. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to swim laps. It's more like, Hey, I'm just going to float around, um, and just kind of soak this nice cooling water. Now, as far as, um, workouts, again, rest is best restorative yoga or light walking, no competitive activities. Cause often the pitta dosha is the one who wants to be like, yeah, let me sign up for orange theory fitness and compete against everyone. Or, Hey, I'm going to try to PR on a deadlift or whatever that will look like. Pittas tend to get competitive. So trying to say, you know what, let's just take these, you know, three to five days and just really calm, calm it down and get myself back in balance. Another thing, if you can, now this one might not be able to be avoided, but if possible, avoiding deadlines and competition. Um, now the deadlines would be something that depending on your job, uh, you might be able to avoid. I've had clients who have said they've asked bosses, like, you know, they're just like, you know, flat out, this is not going to be a great week for me to finish it. Can I push this or can I finish it earlier? And often, you know, they will get a, a yes. So, you know, sometimes you have flexibility here that you might not realize. Um, and the reason that those deadlines of the competition happen is they further inflame that pitta dosha. And that is going to further, well, it's going to probably have you be more prone to burnout, feeling overwhelmed, all of those things that um, can aggravate um, that pitta dosha. So other things that will aggravate, 
avoiding caffeine, alcohol, and pungent foods, which pungent are going to be those spicy foods. For massage or your abhinyanga, doing a coconut oil massage is cooling to the body. And then again, that nausea oil, five drops in each nostril. Other food ideas, eating bitter greens, uh, asparagus, berries, coconuts, dates, oats, barley, and ghee. And then herbs for pitta PMS, shatavri, aloe vera, turmeric, licorice, and brahmi. And then teas for pitta, raspberry leaf, rose petal, fennel, lavender, ginger, but fresh ginger, saffron, nettles, and dandelion. Now, often when I read that list, I was like, well, this makes sense because everything that the pitta, I am a pitta dosha and reading those, I'm drawn to almost all of those teas. And so you might say when I'm reading these tea lists for your dosha, you might really feel called to certain teas. And that's your intuition telling you like that, this is what my body really does well with. You know, it does well with the raspberry leaf or the rose petals because it's combating that excess maybe dosha that you have inside of you. So that's something to really tune into when you pick your teas, just kind of noticing like, oh, how does this make me feel? Does this, you know, further inflame me or does it actually pacify um, the dosha that I need to kind of reduce in my body? All right. So now let's talk about kapha. So the kapha flow, it starts out slow and then it has a moderate flow throughout. So the kapha's flow can feel really heavy, have mucus and be very moist with large clots that are about quarter sized. So really paying attention to that for that cough of flow. That means there's some stuck and stagnant energy going on. So the characteristics, thick blood that might have heavy clotting, whitish color or mucus, dull pain, water retention, depression, lethargy, very emotional, nauseous, swollen breast, and then cravings for heavy, sweet foods. So those are all kind of that kapha characteristics of the cycle. So how do you deal with the excess kapha? Light and warming in terms of food and lifestyle. So for examples, vegetable broth, easy to digest beans. So whatever bean that is for you with light grains, such as quinoa or basmati rice. Now for this one, I, I still like to say rest is best for those first two days, but if your flow is really heavy and it's not releasing, you actually want to do move to help get things down and out. So maybe a quicker moving yoga, yoga asana practice in the morning. Um, and that in particular, you're paying attention to opening the hips and the groins. So squats, um, some lunges, yogi squat, anything that really gets in there, frogger pose to help open and let things release. So that's something to pay attention to if you are struggling with releasing um, during your cycle is just trying to, how can I let, how can I open and release? What movements would feel best? Um, and sometimes circular movements of the hips will also help just kind of let things go. Um, emphasize pungent foods. So some pungent foods, again, are going to be like a chili, radishes, turnips, raw onions, and then most spices, astringent taste, legumes. So pretty much any legume, lentils, uh, soybeans. Although I'm not a huge fan of doing too much with the soybeans because that can increase estrogen in the body. So just kind of mm, an asterisk there. And then as far as other foods, there's apples, cranberries, pomegranate, artichoke, broccoli, cauliflower, lettuce, uh, basil, coriander, dill. I have a whole list, but those are all astringent foods. So I put those in there. Cause I know sometimes when I say astringent, we sometimes like examples. I know I always do of like, okay, I need some examples so I can kind of get, get a feel for what this means in Ayurveda. So those are on my website as well. 
And then massage. So the abhinyanga for the kapha is with almond oil and then incorporating dry brushing with that. So again, dry brushing is great to get the lymph moving. So if you're getting that stuck and stagnant cycle, um, grab that dry brush and start moving the lymph around. And again, that five drops of nausea oil in each nostril, bitter greens, asparagus, berries, coconuts, dates, oats, barley, and ghee, just like um, for pitta. And then herbs for kapha, uh, ashwagandha, ginger, trichotu. And then teas, rose hips, hawthorn berry, orange peel, ginger powder, lemon balm, hibiscus, nettle, and fresh lemon juice. So those are a little bit about each of the doshas and you can kind of notice, you might see, oh yeah, I definitely trend towards um, this cycle or this is what my cycle in, you know, primarily looks like. And then you can also notice like one month, maybe you're starting to get a kapha cycle, but usually you're a pitta cycle um, and just kind of reflect back. So if you do want to do a little challenge, this would be one that I know it takes, this does take time and this does take some work, but it's so beneficial if you can do this. Um, so on day one of your cycle, start tracking for the next month. So day one is the first day of your full bleed. Start tracking your food. Um, start tracking how heavy your bleeding is. So you just can kind of notice like my first day is light, medium, or heavy. Um, and then your food journal. So keep a food journal, what you know, what you had for breakfast, what time you ate, if you had any snacks, lunch, what time it was, if you had any snacks. And then, you know, dinner, what time you had it. And then if you had anything before bed um, and just kind of noting that, and then alcohol, if you've had alcohol or caffeine, put that in there too, just so you can track all of that and then movement as well throughout your cycle. So notice like, oh yeah, day 12, I did a really hardcore hit class. And then I did it again on 13 and four, you know, just track this just so you can kind of get a good picture of what goes well for you and maybe what you want to work on. And the same thing with teas. So for myself with that infusion, I was just like, oh yeah, that was something that without maybe tracking, I don't track anymore because I will also say this, I, I did, I used to, um, and I will, if I really want to get specific about something, but I'm pretty intuitive now because I've done it for so many years that I just had to kind of pause and say, okay, what was different? And then I, I, I did know, you know, it was the oat star and raspberry leaf infusion because I did it consistently. Uh, and right now I'm going to be really curious to see what my, my cycle will look like. Um, you know, the next time I bleed just by removing coffee and I basically removed coffee on day one of this current cycle. So it's going to be a really fresh cycle this next time. And I'm excited to see how it affects my cycle. So all of these little things are great, um, tools and just a really cool way to kind of check in with yourself and see, you know, what, what works for me, what doesn't. Um, and it's stuff that we're not necessarily, well, I wasn't taught at all, um, during school, but it does play such a vital role in our health, you know? So just kind of noticing, okay, yeah, this is where I can improve. Um, and it might be kind of a pain for that first, maybe that first 28 days that you chart and you track, but the more that you do it, um, the more intuitive it will become um, through the years. So I hope that helped. If you want more information about it, again, um, you can head to my website. I do have a program, an eight-week program. If you want to start to learn how to work out with your cycle, it's called Hustle, Muscle, and Flow. Um, and you can join that anytime and you get, um, it's a DIY program. And then you also get two coaching calls with me. So it's a great, great little intro into how to work out with your cycle. Um, and then incorporating some of these Ayurvedic elements because I cannot separate myself from my Ayurveda. I have to incorporate that um, because it makes such a big difference of just knowing these tools and this wisdom. So that can be found at my website as well, um, andreaclawson.com. All right. Thank you all so much. And let me know if you had any nuggets or um, 
insights from today's episode uh, over at Instagram at Seasonal Living Mamas. And I will be back again in a couple of weeks with a solo show and next week with another guest. Thank you all and go out there and spread your peaceful power.